the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Many Christians today don't get a thing from God because they don't ask God for anything. They don't seek God for answers in their life. They don't study the Bible to become wise. They don't pray like their life depends on prayer. And they don't seek God's will in their life so they can do the will of God right now. Friend, when you seek the living Christ with all your heart, you will live for God. And when you live for God, you really live. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko with just a little bit of what you'll hear today on Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Mike's message today is entitled, Asa and the End. At Reaching Your Heart, we believe God answers prayer. Won't you let us pray with you? The phone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Please stay with me for just a few seconds after the broadcast today. We have a very special offer we'd like to give you. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Dear Father God, we're grateful for Jesus, who is the magnificent healer of the human race, who is nothing less than God, and whose faith is the template and pattern of all faith. Lord, we don't want to come down to the end of time and find ourselves lost because we surrendered faith. We want to endure to the end and have a brighter experience with you at the end than at the beginning. So give us this day the faith of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Once upon a time, or should I say more accurately, once upon a land in a faraway time, there lived a king who started out right, but he didn't stay that way to the end. He hit the gate running, but he ran out of a relationship with God as time ran out for him. Asa in the end is the story of many a believer who starts out right with God. They get enthusiastic about their relationship with God. They're active in the word. They share their faith. But then they run out of steam because they do not have the right perspective to let their faith take them to the end. Take care this morning that your faith is not like the failed and unfortunate faith of King Asa. Guard yourself that your end is not like his end. Take your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Chronicles 14. Let's look at verse 1. The Bible says, So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land had rest for how many years? You're looking at the verse. How many years? Ten years. And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Now that's how he starts. He starts with a very good statement of recommendation. It says he did what was good and right. Now how many of you like to have God say that about you? Come on, raise your hand high. There should be no hands left down. There were. How many of you want God to say of you, I am proud that you are obeying me? Of course we do. I mean, this is what we want in our relationship with God. King Asa's father was named Abijah. And Abijah means in Hebrew, my father is Yahweh, or in the English language, my father is the Lord. And yet Asa's father did not fully follow the Lord. 
1 Kings 15, verse 3, And he walked in all the sins which his father did before him, and his heart was not fully or wholly true to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father. What a statement. I mean, he did everything that was wrong that came before him, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God. Abijah had successes and failures in life. It wasn't just a single failure story. But when his heart was weighed on the scale of commitment, it was found that he was not there. He was not connected in as he should have been. There were times when God performed victories for Abijah. And there were also times when disappointments came. But one fatal flaw formed his life and character and made it hard for Abijah to be a role model for his children. Abijah compromised in matters of faith. In matters of commitment to his God. The text says his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God. Now I don't know about you. But I know right now God wants a heart in me. He wants a heart in you. That is wholly true to the Lord God. I mean none of this compromised stuff where we say well I'm a committed believer. But I'm going to go do this and that. Which really undermines my faith and challenges my witness for Christ. I mean that kind of living is worth nothing to God. He wants a church at the end of time that is unsullied, that is dressed in the white robe of Christ's righteousness. And you can't be dressed in the white robe of Christ's righteousness if your rotten rags have taken the place of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Abijah recognized that the Lord is God, but Abijah did not surrender his heart 100% to the Lord his God. Half a heart is no heart at all as far as God is concerned. Half a heart, no heart. Abijah ignored the great commandment, Deuteronomy 6, 4. The entire summation of the law and the prophets comes into this one commandment. It is the essence of the Ten Commandments. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. When you keep the great commandment, you follow the Lord your God with a whole heart. So Abijah means my father is the Lord, but the Lord was not his king in his life. Second Chronicles 14 verse 1. So Abijah slept with his fathers and they buried him in the city of David. And Esau, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land had rest for how many years? Ten years. And Esau did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Now, the Bible says the land had rest for ten years after the death of Abijah. You know, sometimes the work of God advances when half-hearted leadership Half-hearted leaders are laid to rest so God's purpose can be fulfilled. I mean, let's face it. You know as well as I do that we've seen people who are in key positions of leadership in our church who have undermined the work of God in our lifetime. Am I right? Come on. And then we've seen others who have been committed to Christ, who have stood for Christ, who have stood for the Word of God, And those leaders need to live two lifetimes, right? But when God looks at the state of affairs, when he sees the lack of commitment in our ranks, the Holy Spirit is able to arrange events whereby a man of God will take the place of someone who has refused to be a man of God. We should pray for the leaders in our church. But friend, Christ is coming. We need people leading this church, the worldwide church, in the general conference session next year, as well as right here, that are men of God, committed to the Word of God, committed to the truth for this time. 
And this notion that we've got to please any and everybody to get along is absolutely antithetical to the work of God at this time of human history. Christ is coming and Christ must reign supreme. So sometimes the work of God advances when a half-hearted leader is put out of the way. Sometimes a new generation with bold new commitments must arise and change the landscape so righteousness can reign and faith can fearlessly foster righteousness in a new breed of believers. So I'm not afraid of the next generation. I believe they must stand for God. They must be bold for God. They are the hope of the church in Christ. The land rested for 10 years. When Abijah died, his son took over. It was a transition, a new beginning. The number 10 is the number for the Ten Commandments. The text says that Asa did what was right and good in the eyes of the Lord. The key word is eyes. Asa started his life realizing that God sees everything. There is no corner of your life that God doesn't look into it. And he lived his life with the notion that God was looking deep within. The exact actions of King Asa are recorded. In verse 3, he took away the foreign altars and the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the pole shrines for the Canaanite goddess Asherah. Uh, He had no tolerance for an eclectic kind of faith that compromised the true faith given by Moses. I mean, all religions were not roads that led to God. Certain religions led away from God. And so he took his stand for truth. He had no tolerance for eclecticism. In 1 Kings 15.3, Asa even removed his mother from being queen mother because he found an image in her house. You know, I wonder today what would happen if the children of the church would come before the entertainment centers in our homes. Would they find an Asherah there? The wrong kind of DVD, the wrong kind of entertainment that would represent an idol in the house. When Asaph found that in his house, he said, Mom, it's time to quit being queen mother. You're done. So he broke it down. He burned it outside the wall of the holy city. King Asa took his stand for truth as a new generation that was right with God when his mother and father would not do that. You know, God gave him 10 years of rest because he obeyed God by keeping the Ten Commandments. Some people say, well, Pastor Mike, how can I have a a peaceful period of of rest in my life? Well, try to be obedient for a change and see if God won't reward you for a time, not all the time, but for a time with a period of rest. In 2 Chronicles 14, 4, Asa commanded the people of Judah to keep the law and the commandment, not commandments, the commandment. Now, the law of Moses was the word of God, included the Ten Commandments. The commandment was the great commandment of Deuteronomy 6, 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Boy, wouldn't that be a good maxim here? Love God with everything you are. 99% of all our problems would be swept away. Love would reign. Relationships would be right. There'd be no pride and arrogance. There'd be humility in our midst. The Holy Spirit would be moving amongst us in ways we do not yet see. In verse 5, King Asa put his actions where his mouth was. He cleaned out every city in his kingdom. There wasn't one high place or one pagan altar in all his realm. And the statement in verse 1 is repeated in verse 5, and the kingdom had rest under him. But the story doesn't end with rest. The rest of the story is not about rest. During the time of God's rest, Asa built up the kingdom. There was no war for 10 years, so he fortified the cities of Judah for fear of war. And what does that mean? It means that he had a defensive posture during God's time of opportunity for him. 
When God gave him a period of rest, instead of moving forward, he surrounded his city to prepare for an uncertain future. When God gives you a period of rest in your life, use it to advance the cause and purpose of God in your life. So Esau became defensive in his faith walk with God. Have you ever been defensive in your faith walk with God? I mean, where you're just kind of hanging on, but not really dreaming big for the advancing of the cause of God in your life, your neighborhood, or your church. Well, that's what happened to him. He was in a survival mode, not an an advancement mode. So Asa became defensive in his faith, and it implies an undercurrent of fear and the seed of personal destruction is right here. Friend, fear is faith's worst enemy. 2 Chronicles 14, 7. And he said to Judah, let us build these cities and surround them with walls and towers, gates and bars. The land is still ours. Notice that expression. The land is still ours. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought Him, and He has given us peace on every side. So they built and prospered. Now notice what King Esau said. The land is still ours. He should have just said the land is ours. But he said the land is still ours. That statement represented a fear that somehow the land could be taken away and probably would be taken away from them and that someday it would no longer be theirs. It also denies that the land was God's land. Friend, if God is for you, then who can be against you? God takes pride in helping repentant sinners like you and me grow in grace. And it is not God's will for you to live in fear. It's God's will for you to live with a buoyant optimism centered in Jesus. King Esau was right in part of what he said. He said, God has given us peace on every side. He should have said God is powerful enough to keep the peace as well. Uh, The condition for peace was clearly given by King Esau himself. He said in verse 7, we have sought him. He remembered what was written in the law of Moses, Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. And what does it say? You will find him if you search, come on, after him with a half a heart. Well, you're not, you're not correcting me loud enough there. If you search for him, how? All your heart. Now, what if your heart is bad? What if your heart is full of sin? Well, then take that full heart full of sin and seek him with that full heart that is full of sin. He's not saying you have to be perfect to seek him. Just seek him with all you have. Bring it all to him. And so, with a full heart, they sought the Lord. Perhaps Christ had had this very statement in mind when he gave the instruction to his disciples and the church in Matthew 7, verses 7 to 8. He says, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Continue. For everyone who asks, receives. Now, does he say, well, only the really smart ones get it? Does he say that? Does he? No. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Hey, that means you can achieve what Christ is talking about here. If you really do seek after him, you will get exactly what you ask for. 
You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. We'll continue with Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message in just a moment. But first, do you want to understand the Bible better? Do you have difficult questions? Have you ever wondered, if God is so good, why do we live in such a bad world? What does the future hold? We know that you'll find answers in these new, in-depth, full-color Bible study guides available for you with a donation of any size supporting this ministry. The phone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Call now. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Many Christians today don't get a thing from God because they don't ask God for anything. They don't seek God for answers in their life. They don't study the Bible to become wise. They don't pray like their life depends on prayer. And they don't seek God's will in their life so they can do the will of God right now. Friend, when you seek the living Christ with all your heart, you will live for God. And when you live for God, you really live. It's quality living. You know, the heart of the Gospel of John, John 10, 10. The linguistic center of the Gospel of John, Jesus says this, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I mean, I tell you right now, I don't want to live and have a religious course of action that does not transform my life and give me peace and meaning every day of my life, no matter what's happening. Do you? I mean, what good is a religion like that? Friend, God's presence in our life means that we have a right to peace that's legal and relational, that we have a right to God, that the devil and the host of hell cannot strip us away from him, and we have a certain future, and God is our reward. We will live forever. I mean, I, you think about these things, and you go, wow, God has poured all of that on us. So the people under King Asa started out seeking God. During the days of peace, Asa had an army of 300,000 men. That's a huge army. Now put it in perspective, Alexander the Great conquered the world with an army one-sixth that size. In addition to the army, he developed special forces from the tribe of Benjamin that carried shields and drew the bow to shoot the enemy at a distance. The text says in verse 8 that these men were mighty men of valor. Eventually the time came when King Asa's faith was tested. Zerah the Ethiopian came. Now, there's no historical record that Zerah ever lived. You know why? Because he died and he was defeated. He was wiped off the face of the historical map. Now, Zerah the Ethiopian came against Esau with an army of one million men. I can't visualize an army that size. Three times the size of Esau's army built up in a time of peace. They also had 300 chariots to spook the opposition. Now, chariots were like tanks back then. It dramatically increased your chances of winning by striking fear in the other side. So Esau went out to meet him, was not defensive but proactive in his approach. He didn't wait for the enemy to come to him anymore. He went out to engage the enemy in God's name. And they drew their battle lines in the valley of Zephath-Otha at Mareshah. It's kind of hard to pronounce. So what did he do? He prayed one of the greatest prayers of the Bible. You know, there are great prayers in the Bible. John 17, Jesus' prayer. Daniel 9, Daniel's prayer. Ezra's prayer. But you should circle this one. 2 Chronicles 14, 11. And Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like thee to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on thee. And in thy name we have come against this multitude. 
O Lord, Thou art our God. Let not man prevail against Thee. At this point in his life, he has it right in the fight. In adversity, Esau recognizes that only God can help him. The Ethiopian army was mighty, a million men. His was smaller. His army was weak in comparison. He should have lost that day. And all of his defensive postures weren't good enough to save him from a greater enemy like this. So Esau recognizes that God helps settle the score between the mighty and the weak. Now, are there mighty forces in your life trying to strip you away from God? Are there? Come on. Do you feel that Satan orchestrating events to demoralize your best attempt to come to Christ and stay there? Sure you do. Friend, God can deal with the mighty and he can help the weak. And if you are weak, you are mighty if you have him. So what do we have here? Asa said, help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on thee. Now, when you rely on God with the right kind of attitude, God will help you. When you're not strong or wise in your own eyes, God can be strong for you and he will be your wisdom. When you throw self-confidence out the window, you can be Christ-confident in God. God will stand between the mighty that seek to destroy you and the weak person that you are, and you will become strong in Jesus' name. Asaph first recognized his need in his true state of being weak. I wish today, as Christians, that every one of us here would really realize that we are weak, really weak without God. That we would not rely on ourselves. We put no confidence in the flesh. But we put utter confidence in Christ, our righteousness. Friend, when you rely on God with the right kind of attitude, God helps you. Asa first recognized his need in his true state of being weak. Asa also recognized that he was not at the center of the universe as far as God is concerned. I meet people today and they say, Pastor Mike, you know, if I don't do this, the work of God will fail. They think that somehow the entire progress and plan of God is dependent on how important they are. You ever met someone like that? No, I have. Well, guess what? We're not at the center of the universe. You're not that important, really, in terms of your abilities, your intelligence, and your capabilities to make a difference. You know why God wants you to be involved? Because He loves you. Because he wants to take the insignificance of the life that you really have. And he wants to show to the universe that he can take a life that wouldn't make a difference and matter. And by commitment to him in the church, that he can make your life matter for eternity in the lives of those in the church and the lives of those outside the church so that you have an extraordinary life that shows the power of God in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's why. But you see, for that to happen, we must have a sense of smallness, that we are not at the center of the universe, that when we call on the name of the mighty God of Israel, He glorifies His name in us by virtue of the fact that we are weak and He is strong. In the end, there are no superheroes but Jesus. So Asa recognized that He was not at the center of the universe. The fight was not about Him, it was about God. He came to fight in God's name, and He rightly says, Let not man prevail against thee. Friend, when you are fighting the right kind of battle with God, the struggle is not about you. It's not about your reputation. It's about the glory of God through you. And so it was with Asa that day. The Bible is very clear in verse 12 that Asa didn't win the battle. Look at 2 Chronicles 14, 12. 
So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. I mean, Asa's forces ran after them, and not one man of that one million man army survived, including their king, because the Lord defeated the Ethiopians that day, and all the sympathizing cities fell as well. The Bible says they returned to Jerusalem. Now, here's the problem. When victories come, with them often comes the challenge of personal presumption. When you win, there's a danger that you can rely on the fact that you have won and you can lose your way and become self-reliant instead of God-reliant. And so God sent a prophet to warn Asa to not get proud, not get puffed up, and not to forget how this happened. Second Chronicles 15.1, 1 to 7, the Lord no, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed. Azariah means in Hebrew, my helper is the Lord. And his father's name means restorer. When the Lord is your helper, God can restore your fortunes, restore your life. When the Lord is not your helper, you don't get far. And so the man whose name means the Lord is my helper went to Esau to remind him of that fact. Look at verse 2. And he went out to meet Esau and said to him, Hear me, Esau, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. Now, how do you like that? The Lord's with you if you're with him. See, the problem is when you're not with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will do what? Now, we tell our children, Oh, Jesus loves you no matter what you do. That's not a good thing. He does love you. But he can forsake you if you forsake him. That's the law of choice. We'll continue again next time with Asa and the End here on Reaching Your Heart. When you support this ministry with a donation of any size, we'll send you the book, Soul Care, Becoming Whole in a Broken World. 888-244-HOPE. Soul Care is a small 64-page volume filled with practical information on how you can grow as a Christian and even thrive in the tough times ahead. Call now for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Please stop by the website reachingyourheart.com to listen to this message again. That's reachingyourheart.com. We hope you'll join us again next time here on Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.